This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr. And today with me is a very special guest at his, maybe it's his favorite time of year, I'm not sure. He's a rock wall builder, a home bar legend, gallery curator, gardener, dad, host of Thursday Thursday, and last but not least, the founder of the Jacksonport Polar Bear Plunge. J.R. Jarish, thanks for joining me. Miles, I am honored to be on the Pulse podcast, and that is quite an introduction. It's hard <laughs> to live up to that. I am pretty stunned, actually, that I haven't thought to have you on this before, but uh, maybe with the demise of your home bar, I just needed to back away from you and, and get over my sadness first. <laughs> like a phoenix, five o'clock somewhere will rise again, but I appreciate <laughs> the pause, and uh, I'm really excited about any time of year, but Polar Bear Week is really a fun lead up, especially having had to cancel the swim last year to be back now for a 35th and 36th annual coming up on Saturday, January 1st. I'm pretty stoked. I, I did see on your website that you, you were welcoming people to double their swim time just to make up for last year. I'm sure a lot of people take you up on that. Yeah, you know, the Seinfeld fans will appreciate the double dip concept. <laughs> and we're going to promote that Saturday at Lakeside Park. And the weather looks perfect, polar bear weather. Actually, maybe the best since the fourth annual. It looks yeah. like there's some snow in the forecast. On the fourth annual, three swimmers that year, Heidi Hodges and I and Richard Hirschleb, the first year that the swim went from one to three in Jacksonport, um, we had beautiful big flakes. It was just like a picture-perfect polar bear conditions. And Saturday looks like we may be back to that. And it's the biggest sand beach expanse that I've seen in well over 10 years. Oh, wow. So it's perfect. Well, let's take listeners back to the basics here. I would guess like 75% of our listeners know what the Jacksport Polar Bear Plunge is, and they probably know that you are the originator of the Polar Plunge. But give me the origin story. How did this all start? Sure. I'll give you the short version, the long version of the short version. <laughs> um, Fall Fest 1984. I was running the, I think, five-mile run in okay. Fall Fest. My dad at that time, you know, was like an old dad. In, in hindsight, he was like 38. Yeah, he's younger. I, I noticed that, too, on your website, too. And I saw, oh, my old dad, he was 40. I'm like, yeah, I'm older than he was. Then. I know. Because it's really hard for me to picture your dad being younger than me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, me, too. And so I was 12. And the bet was whoever can finish the five-mile race first, the other guy has to jump in Lake Michigan in Jacksonport. And then that was, you know, mid-October. And I lost, of course. My dad had run every day, literally, for 14 years. And so he smoked me. So I had to jump in in October, which was the latest I'd ever personally been in. And it got the wheels turning in my 12-year-old brain. I wonder if I could go in every month of the year. And so I kind of ruminated on that for a year or so. And then the following December of 1986, we were up here for the holidays, Jacksonport, wasn't real icy. And I said, I think I'm going to try it. You know, I'm going to just jump in. At that point, we weren't calling it the Jacksonport Polar Bear Club, but the Door County Advocate Correspondent for Jacksonport, Martha Lambiot, those faithful Jacksonport column readers will remember that name. <laughs> we happened to be friends with her and her husband, Joe, who lived just north of Jacksonport on the beach. 
and she coined the phrase like JR became the first member of the Jacksonport Bowler Bear Club. That was in her column in early January of 1987. And then it kind of, well, now it's kind yeah, of a thing. The so, one-man club. Right. So then 87, no one else would go in with me. 88, no one else would go in with me. So it was just me those first three years. And then the fourth year, Heidi Hodges was writing for The Advocate at the time and had been going in by herself, went in in Bailey's Harbor once. So we said, why don't we go together and join forces? And that was in <laughs> 1989. And so then it was four. The next year, Larry the Rock McCarran former Packers center. Yeah. He came up and went in with us. He hated it, which was <laughs> hilarious. Um, he, he suspiciously lost the footage that they took for the Channel 5 News at the time. Somebody had home video footage, so they used that and kind of grew from there, 12 to then like 25 to 30, kind of crept up. And then in the millennium swim that turned from 99 to 2000, when we woke up in the world, it was still there and you know, everything made it through Y2K. We had well over 100 that year, which was a big jump. And since then, it's just been up in that three, four, five, six, seven hundred swimmers, depending on weather and conditions. And so that's why we're excited about this year. It's a Saturday. Always helps. The weather looks mild. Packers don't play that day. Badgers don't play that day. Conditions are ripe for a fine, finely attended polar bear swim. You know, just backtracking to the Larry McCarran thing, just for the opportunity to talk about Larry McCarran oh, and the not? Packers. For those who don't know, he before he was on the, the Packers play-by, well, he's not the play-by-play guy. Wayne Larravee's Lair, a play-by-play Larry is the color guy and the resident screamer and, oh, no, guy. <laughs> right. um, but he was, you know, he retired from the Packers and then became the Channel 5 sportscaster and really became this big personality at the time doing those Challenge the Rock segments that exactly. he'd do like once a week. Yeah. So... Getting him up here to do that, at that time, that was like high-level celebrity action for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took the Jackson Port Polar Bear Club from, you know, kind of a sneezer to just, you know, Larry, Larry McCarran was there, and people like, oh, what, what is this thing? And it was so kind of quaint at the time. You know, we, my mom, uh, Sue, made polar bear ornaments. Each person that went in got one. And I, to this day, that doesn't this, happen anymore. I'm no, to this day, that was the coldest I have ever been after oh, the yeah? swim because we, you know, had to do outtakes and he tried to get the footage for his channel five challenge, the rock spot. So we were probably out there wet for 10 minutes mm -hmm. and that's not advisable. <laughs> we could talk about that in a bit, the tips for swimmers, but yeah, challenge the rock was, um, he said when it aired, he said, I'll never do it again. It was one of my least favorite Challenge the Rocks. <laughs> so it gave us a little badge of honor. In Good that pride regard. for you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about those tips because it's it's not as easy as just jumping in and out because there's no building there. There's no uh, big pavilion for everyone to go warm up in. You're right. You know, we've learned a few things over 35 years. The, the basics of those, and they're all on our website, jacksonportpolarbearclub.com. But basically, wear something on your feet, even though it doesn't look like it's going to be real snowy or icy. If there's shards of ice or, you know, snow, wearing something on your feet in and out makes it a little bit easier. Mm. And then important when you get out, take those wet, you know, aqua socks or, you know, shoes, something off and have something dry to put on for the walk back to your car or to Island Fever or to Mike's Port Pub. So something to wear in and then something to wear after you get out. And then when you get out, a towel or a robe, something to put around you to just keep yourself warm. Unless you're walking up from Valmy or West Jacksonport, most people have a car that's ready to hop into within yeah. a couple of minutes. There's about a five-minute window where you really don't get too cold. Okay. Um, if you extend past that five-minute window, you get really cold. 
<laughs> and so be safe, have fun. It's a pretty easy, it's an easy thing to do if you're like, I would never do that. Those crazy people. It's chilly, but it's not in a whole lot worse than if you're in the shower and you get a blast of cold water. It's uncomfortable, but it's so short. You're in for a minute, maybe two. And so you warm up, you forget about how cold it felt, and you just kind of have that pride of, you know, an excitement of having accomplished something without having to, you know, train for a marathon or a half marathon or <laughs> skydive. There's a little bit of a rush to it. And if those of you that have done it, you'd, you'll get what I mean. If you've done something like skydiving or I once ran that Green Bay Marathon and you get to you got to run through the tunnel and mm-hmm. out on the Lambo, like you kind of get that like tingly, oh yeah. my gosh, this is happening feeling. And that at one minute to go on the beach, uh, loud entertainment is down there. So we do the jump around mm-hmm. at a minute and then a countdown from 10. And it's a moment that it's exhilarating. Well, it's the largest collection of supermodels on the planet. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's a, there's some plus size there. So we <laughs> try to be all inclusive <laughs> and that's just great. You see all shapes and sizes. We encourage costuming. I'll wear my tux again since I have since the 20th. Drip dry works every year. Um, but yeah, so wear a costume. It happens at noon. If you want specifics, we have a sign up in the park starting at 1030 where you could do a liability release form. You can also go to the website, print that out, and then just drop it off. And you have to, like, how are you processing that? Do you have to turn that in somewhere? Or is that just yeah, more there's for a, your the peace upper of mind? shelter, there's a spot to turn in your release. Okay. And then we actually have pretty cool shirts. It's a great logo of a polar bear floating on an iceberg, shivering, and then a couple guys jumping off, you know, into the water. It's kind of an iconic polar bear club yeah. logo we've had for 25 years but this year because of the cancellation the shirt says 35th and 36th annual jackson polar bear swim you know door county on the back is the logo and the date and then we got some sponsors this year to help with the shirt costs excellent so who who are your sponsors give them a shout out yeah sure they're mostly jacksonport based island fever mike's port pub the jacksonport women's club peninsula kayak and dave's tree service edgewood orchard galleries was a sponsor close to our hearts. So I might, there's nine total. So I apologize, but maybe it's a little teaser. You have to buy the shirt yeah. and see who's <laughs> supporting who's us. <laughs> the Jacksonport Fire Department's a big part of why this is, I think, the safest polar bear club in the country. It, talking to other club presidents around the country, Coney Island, Milwaukee, Chicago. I haven't met someone. Coney Island has, has a big crowd. So does Bradford Beach in Milwaukee. Okay. But most of those are a rolling crowd. Like you kind of go in from, you know, 1130 to 1. I haven't encountered a spot where you have seven or 800 swimmers going in en masse at once. And part of the reason that the harbor in Jacksonport is conducive to that and the fire department's in the water in dry suits. So if anybody has an issue, which, you know, we haven't, they're there to help. And so it's really a family-friendly event. And if you've never seen it, it's nuts. It is. It is pretty wild, especially when Jump Around starts playing and you get all those people bouncing around on the shoreline and then rushing in and out. There's some incredible faces. It always makes for great photos. What kind of injuries, if any, have you had? Sure. I've had a few, you know, minor cuts. Okay. Um, You know, the old Monty Python, just a flesh wound. (laughs) You know, I used to not wear the tux. And so when you'd kind of go in, you'd get little cuts on your legs because your skin gets a little less elastic in that temperature. If that freaks you out, just wear tights or wear a costume. It doesn't bother. It won't happen to you. Nothing serious. We truly encourage sobriety before the swim. It's a great hangover cure if you're if you've indulged the <laughs> night before. 
but I personally haven't had issues. As a former physical therapist, I applaud the application of ice to a sore joint or sore body part. So there's some therapeutic benefits. Sure. In researching it over the years, there's something known as the mammalian dive response. It's kind of a self-preservation where if your body hits cold water, you're, you kind of go into a shutdown or a slowdown mode. And anyone that's done it will know what that feels like. Because when you hit the water, it kind of takes your breath away. But the, the, the good thing is the bounce back from that. It's an, really an exhilarating feeling. Not just that you're done, but you physically, you, you know, that cold water on your body and then getting out. It's really a pretty exciting and fun feeling. One other thing on the beach we encourage afterwards, if you're coming as a group, bring a cooler of warm water, not like boiling hot water, because that would feel uncomfortable. <laughs> But warm water, getting out of the water, stepping into that cooler, mm. that was the harder part as your toes or your fingers would get a little chilly. Get your feet warm right away. Just dip your feet and your hands in that water, and you'll feel guilty at how easy it is. I, pro <laughs> oh, yeah. I promise. Well, and for people to know, it's called the polar bear plunge, but it's not like you're jumping off a dock or jumping through the ice or off any sort of bluff. You know, you're running into the water and running back out. So it's not like you have to swim and find your way out of the water. No, it's again, Jacksonport is very conducive for this. You could say it was built. Mother Nature <laughs> intended the polar bear swim to be in Jacksonport. It's a very shallow harbor with a sandy bottom. So you you walk out, you might end up with a sandy bottom too, depending <laughs> on how you go in. But you just walk out to about waist, knee to waist deep. Some people like to do the nest tee plunge and fall backwards in. Some people like to dive under and come out. Some people just like to splash around and not go all the way under. For the non-purist, that's totally fine. <laughs> For the purist, I feel you like count it. submersion is really the key. Got to get the whole head under. The key to the the real feeling like you've done it. You, you also had on the, the website certain things like don't wear your glasses in if you don't want to lose them. Yeah, the one thing that when you dive under, you do lose all sense of what's going on for a second. So if you have glasses on, you know, leave them on shore. There's no fine print to read out there. Leave your glasses. You know, sometimes people wear flip-flops in, you know, if you don't mind losing one. But yeah, like a hat, just hold your hat in your hand and dive under and then put the hat back on. Yeah. The other thing that's pretty cool about it is there's a real sense of camaraderie you know, you're going through a challenging situation. And so the people that are out there with, people help each other up or help them out if there's some ice. My encouragement is try to get at least five or 10 high fives while you're out there. <laughs> there is, it's a moment of pure joy. Everybody's on the same level. You're all in it together. And that high five is something you just savor. And people will come up to me all through the year like, I saw you in the water. And it's really a fraternity of cold weather enthusiasts. Well, you hang out there longer than anybody. So I'm always curious, like when you're sitting there in the suit, like we've all been in wet clothes and cold weather, mm -hmm. it's freezing. Like about 10 seconds is about as long as I want to be in that situation. But you hang out out there till like everyone comes out of the water. Are you freezing by the end of this wearing that cold suit? It's, um, I've been accused frequently of wearing a wet suit under that tux and I don't. Uh, I'm a purist. But for the first 20 years, I thought that exact thing that you said, like if you came out with wet clothes, you'd be instantly cold. And I've learned just from doing it that that wet suit or that that I've been exposed. <laughs> the tuxedo <laughs> affords me a little bit of protection. You know, your body heat does warm that up. So like I said, there's about a five minute window where you're, you're actually a little warmer. Huh. And then, like I said, after that, there was a swim a couple of years ago when it was pretty cold. And my tuxedo jacket, I had to kind of wriggle out of it. And it literally stood up by itself. 
because um, <laughs> it was like freeze dried. I don't think we'll have it cold enough to have that happen this year, but the costume effect actually does provide a little window of actually being more comfortable. So then after the plunge, do people get together anywhere in Jacksonport or do people sprint over to the Egg Harbor Parade? What's the yeah, it's, it's nice to have a couple of options. Mike's Port Pub, new owners, it's good. they're going to be open all day, New Year's Day. Okay. And Island Fever, Chase and Hunter right across the street from Lakeside Park. It's a great spot any time of year, but Polar Bear Day, you know, they're open early with Bloody Marys and other things. And then, you know, it's a fun place to warm up after as well. And then, like you mentioned, that parade in Egg Harbor used to be at noon. They moved it back at one, so it, you can do both if you're watching or participating one year we did the swim and then went over and walked in the parade and threw ice cubes, <laughs> which <laughs> nice probably guy. no one thought was as funny as we did. But, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to, if you're a spectator and you're thinking, what should we do New Year's Day? Sure, you can do the polar bear swim in Jacksonport at noon and then hustle over. Well, not even hustle. Jacksonport's empty by twelve fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can make your way over to Egg Harbor for the parade after. Well, I one. hear rumors that there's big controversy in Jacksonport that you are taking up all the parking and that they might have to add a parking garage. Yeah, it's at three or four tiers. <laughs> no, <laughs> although Jacksonport is moving forward, having lived there now for twenty five years, it's starting to move around a you little bit. You have a bit. sidewalk now. Things are. It's it's pretty big time. Pretty modern signage yeah. for the park and everything. I've been Ubering from my house to Mike's or to Island Fever. It's been quite convenient. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of Jacksonport bars, there used to be one in your backyard. Yeah, five o'clock somewhere. For those of you that have been there, you know, it'll always have a place in my heart. Kind of like the old Penn Pub. Yeah. But kind of like the old Penn Pub or your first car. It was really nice when you had it. But as you aged through it, you're like, I think I could do better. And that's been the case in Jacksonport. And so there'll be uh, good times had in the new 5 o'clock somewhere. Uh, we haven't come up with a name yet. It feels more like 5 in the evening. <laughs> but we'll find out what it's going to be called. Typically places like that name themselves. If you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, is JR had what I consider the best home bar that I've ever seen at his house in Jacksonport. We did profile it a little bit in Door County Living Magazine. I think that was two or three years ago. So you can find that on online at doorcountypulse.com. It was an amazing, inspiring home bar in Jacksonport that is no more. It'll be replaced by a, a newer version. But yeah, Miles, that's saying something because you, I know, are a home bar enthusiast with a fine home bar yourself. <laughs> you know, the thing I love about home bars is everybody imbues their own personality and what they like. And then the place kind of, you know, like I said, names itself, the stories that happen from the events there. Thirsty Thursday will be coming up. You know, those places that you share with your friends and loved ones, it, you know, the fabric of your life is kind of woven into it. And so, yeah. I'm excited to start weaving again. Well, yeah, you had done so many cool things with that place. And like you said, I have a, a bar in my garage that uh, I can't take full credit for because the, the guy I bought my house from, Leif Mickelson, builds a bar in every house he builds, it seems. And he gave me a pretty good start on that. Basically, I, I saw the bar in the garage and said, I just lost all my bargaining power on the sale of this house because I want this. <laughs> um, but you're right. It does. It, especially during COVID, I got to say, like it really came in handy when you're, you're locked down. But you kind of have the separate place to go in your house and hang out. It gave us an option. And then since it's in the garage, as we moved a little bit out of isolation, we could open the garage doors and people could hang out at a distance and still kind of be together. It was it was a good option. I, one of the many reasons I feel like Door County was 
one of the best places in the world to have to deal with the pandemic because you could get outside and in my case, it had something like that to, to go to and hang out in. What else do we want to talk about here, Jared? Well, I think A.J. Dillon is always a good <laughs> default topic. What a cool thing, you know, his love for Dorcani, which was an organic thing that developed with, you know, him and, and his now fiance, you know, his enthusiasm for Door County. I see that enthusiasm that my brother John has for Door County. And right. I see that in AJ. And, you know, I think that is exciting way for people that maybe don't know much about Door County to find out more through AJ. And I mean, like he said, there's so many cool spots to find out here, whether it's someone's home or a place that many of us like to visit. Door County feels different than a lot of places. And I love that AJ's shared that. Yeah, he picks up on that and appreciates it for what it is. But also, I mean, you think, I mean, how many times would guys like us sit around and be like lamenting living in Door County in your early 20s and wanting to be somewhere else or looking for excitement somewhere? And then you think of the last thing we would have thought back then was that some 23-year-old Green Bay Packers player would want to come up to Door County and hang out all the time in the same dive bars that we would hang out in. And he just loves it. And it speaks a little bit to the evolution of the county, too, in that you know, 20 years ago, there wouldn't have been live music outside at the Husby's Garage and hanging out and creating that same kind of scene that is what he's seeing now. So it's kind of this neat thing of where he appreciates what Door County, kind of the, the small town feel of it, but it also is this evolution of the county that also draws guys like him up here to have a good time. It's so true. I mean, I think Door County's cool factor has increased exponentially over the last 10 or 15 years. Right. I think the things that I've always loved about Door County are here now and always will be. The natural beauty of a sunrise over Lake Michigan or a sunset over Green Bay, you know, hiking on a trail where you still can be alone almost all year, depending on the park and the trail. But, you know, the food and music and entertainment, it really, it had so much before and it has added a lot. And there's a lot of space up here. So the people that feel like it's crowded and, and overdone, you know, you know, some people complain about anything, no matter what. Yeah. And, um, and I, there's a lot of people that love it here. And I think there's room to enjoy for all. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one thing we didn't mention is the arts. And you uh, and your wife now run Edgewood Orchard Gallery. The second, third generation, technically? Third, yep. Our kids are the fourth generation. And if anyone hasn't been to Edgewood Orchard Gallery, my dad, this last summer, I took him there for one of the first openings when we could finally do gatherings again and, and art openings again, which for you, being as social and outgoing as you are, this summer must have been to finally be able to do that again and welcome people back to the gallery in crowds and things. That had to be quite a feeling after the year that was. It was really great. You know, I, I love Edgewood Orchard Galleries. You know, I'm the new kid. I've only been there 15 years, 20 years. <laughs> but yeah, it opened in 1969. So we've got a long tradition of wonderful people that have come back and supported our family and, and the artists that we represent. So to be able to be there with artists at an opening where the artists could interact with the people who love their art, it's just a cool vibe. That courtyard at Edgewood is really neat. It was a treat to see your dad there, you know, having spent a lot of time in Door County over decades to have him there and enjoy it. It's really a spot that for years I went by and didn't know what it was before I met Nell, my wife. And uh, with expanding the sculpture garden along Peninsula Players Road, we've tried to make it feel, which it is, very accessible for anybody. Whether yeah. you love fine art, you know, a very well-crafted oil painting, or a you know a fine craft of carved wood or clay vessel, or you know or glass. With the sculpture garden, it's really opened it up to people that weren't sure what that place was and weren't sure if they were welcome or would feel welcome. And with the garden, you can weave your way through the woods and see some cool outdoor pieces. 
And then inside, it's a really neat old, you know, barn built in 1918 by August Eckert. So it's a neat history inside. My father-in-law, Minnow, has done some really impressive stained glass that's really elevated yeah. the old barn to a, a beautiful structure that we're proud of. All the things that you guys have done over many years at that property to make it, to take these old barns and repurpose them into this new thing in such a beautiful way. So it's it's just, even if you're not gonna buy a single piece of art, even if you don't know anything about art, it's a great way to get exposed to it and just in this very casual sort of way. And like you said, the trails taken over the last couple of years, taken my nieces and nephews just to walk through it. And it's a way to expose them to art without them feeling intimidated by a certain type of gallery atmosphere or don't touch this, don't touch this. But when you're outside and kind of walking through a trail, it it's just a different experience. So when I started this, I was saying like my dad went there and you know, he's been here coming up here since the 40s, lived up here since the early 70s, right about the same time that the gallery originally opened, but had never actually been there. That's the curse of having six children. You don't get a lot of time <laughs> to go gallery hopping. And like so many people who live up here, you don't, unless you are the artist, you don't get to actually appreciate some of those things that everyone else is coming here for. So it was really cool to take him there. And he, you know, he still runs a motel and he's saying, I got to get all my staff to come up here and check this out so they know what to tell the guests to do and they know that to tell them that this exists. And it, it's really fun to do that kind of stuff with my dad because it's hard to expose him to something new in Door County at this point. So when he does and he gets all excited, and that was the case at, at Edgewood. So, I mean, you guys have done an incredible job. And I think you're pretty much the, the path maker there, right? Is that? Yeah, I, I've, uh, I started stacking stone walls and, uh, you know, Nell's wonderful mom, Ann, joked that, you know, Nell's dowry was the 40 acres of, of old stones from the <laughs> when they cleared the orchard. And it was a heck of a dowry because I've really loved building new walls that look 100 years old with those, you know, yeah, stones that have been do. aging there. So, yeah, if you've never been there, you know, I love a path, a curved path with, you know, a question of what lies beyond and I, a little Jens Jensen-ish. I love Jens Jensen. It's been a huge inspiration. I have actually a council ring built in the back part of the garden. And it's cool to just see people hanging out there. There's been yoga classes out there. And people love to just sit and write poetry. We're you know, right across essentially the woods from right on. So, mm -hmm. of course, the dream someday would be to do a path linking the sculpture garden with the right on property. Sure. Just a lot of things positive happening there. So it's a neat place, and I didn't think starting talking about the polar bear swim would segue into Edgewood, but, you know, in Door <laughs> County, it all kind of ties together. Well, and, well so. that's, the, that's the cool thing about Door County. You never know who's good at, like, the guy who's doing a polar bear plunge is also the guy with one of the premier art galleries. <laughs> you never know what those connections are going to be. Yeah, it segues better with the art gallery. I think when I was a physical therapist and people thought they were, you know, coming to an educated professional and then they found out I was the polar bear guy, <laughs> I got some second looks. But uh. Well, I was one of those guys who had to go to you when you were back. In, in my intro, I totally forgot about your physical therapist days. But yeah, you were the one who helped me uh, heal my ankle way back in the day. Yeah, back, boy, 96 to about 2006. I was the only PT north of Sturgeon Bay. So wow. <laughs> um, whether I was good or not, I, I had a captive audience and I had a lot of, <laughs> met a lot of great people and I still have a lot of great friends from those years. Well, that's another thing that you, you learn over time. Like when I first started working at the Sister Bay Bowl and bartending there, I thought I knew a lot about this place because I grew up here and was from here. Then I thought I knew a lot more because of my days at Husby's and meeting people. And then you just take it another layer back when you go and work at a place like the Sister Bay Bowl where the same family has been there for 75 years. And then you find out how interwoven everybody's lives are in a community of 
oh, those two used to date or, <laughs> or, oh, they were divorced, but now they're friends, but they hang out all the time at the bar, but they can still be friends. That That's really interesting. Like those kind of things. I learned all that sitting on the other side of the bar, serving these people or finding out like what different restaurants used to be, or this guy used to be a, a, a Mason, you know, all those kind of things that you, you get the backstory of places that I never knew until I set foot behind the bar at the bowl. Yeah, I mean, being a physical therapist, I've done some bartending and there's some similarities to PT. You know, you really get to talk to people and, you know, if you're working out with somebody, you know, between sets, there's time to, you know, to talk. My first patient ever, Fern Foss, beautiful, wonderful woman from the island. She used to babysit Chester Thorderson's kids. What? Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing the history and, you know, how you kind of touch the past while you live in the present. It's amazing. That is incredible. And so it's it's neat, the history, you know, meeting, you know, knowing people like Al Johnson and Knut Larson and just icons of Door County history to know them and, you know, to really get to know them well was a real treat that I, I'll always cherish. You would have loved sitting in it. They had this fire chief's breakfast a few weeks ago up in Sister Bay and, it's a bunch of these, a lot of retired firefighters, some who are in their 80s, maybe creeping up on 90 years old, and they're just going through and, and reminiscing about different fires or different people who are on the department, and you just hear a name called out, and then you hear the responses from the other people in the room, and you, you could kind of tell whether or not, by their response, by the kind of, like, <laughs> either humph or, or laugh or chuckle that came out of the room, you're like, either that guy was a character, that guy was a prick, or that guy was, like really well respected and it it all came in the tone of the way that they responded the little grunts but um that was a really cool experience just to get down and and sit amongst that much knowledge and find out that like you're only one generation removed from somebody running down to the fire station and pulling a lever to sound an alarm to respond to a fire you know and now we've got cell phones and pagers and every other technology to to get there faster back then they were well, hopefully we can get someone even dispatched within 15 minutes of this fire starting, at which point the house might be gone. (laughs) Yeah, what blows my mind is we're a few decades away from being that generation of old guys that knew like back when, you know, and uh, back when Daniel's Pizza are back, you know, before the pulse. uh, Before cell phones. (laughs) Right, before cell phones. Yeah, my kids tease me when I talk about, you know, the remote control that was wired or, you know, having to dial the phone. Uh, So... (laughs) We just got to savor it. Every day is a bit of a gift. And especially, I think, when you live in Door County. Well, now what I've noticed that I do, and I used to joke about this because Nor Bly would do it when he would write about something. He would write about what it was the first time when he first arrived here. Like the, the barn would be the Johnson barn, even if it had changed names and owners five times since then. And I do the same thing now. Like my knee jerk identifier of any place is whatever restaurant it was when I was a kid. Like shipwrecked is the Thimbleberry. Talk about where the hatch distillery was. I say Lena's, you know, that kind of thing. And I'll be doing that for the next, hopefully, 50 years of my life. (laughs) Well, at least we've got places like Casey's and Edgewood Orchard that have been the same thing for 50 years. Yeah, they're not changing their name. It makes it easier to keep track. (laughs) Well, JR, this has been great talking to you. Best of luck with the Polar Plunge. Maybe I'll get the guts to finally go and take part this year. I've watched it several times. I have to admit, I've never done it. I have gone through the ice up here, but not on purpose. So maybe this is the year. We'll see. It's a lot more fun when you do it on purpose. (laughs) Even if you don't go in, show up on the beach at noon in Jacksonport on Saturday, January 1st. It's a cool electric atmosphere. 
It's the most hop in Jacksonport is for the next 365 days. <laughs> Although that's, like I said, moving in a different direction. But yeah, we'd love to have you, Miles. I think you'd be a good candidate. I've worked on Dave for a few decades, and I just don't see that happening. <laughs> so uh, I think you're going to be the one to make it happen. I'm, I might have to do it. Either that or convince an intern to represent me and be my proxy. I like it. We welcome all. All right. Thanks, JR. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks to J.R. Jarish for joining us on the podcast. Uh, listeners, if you couldn't tell, I really have a great time talking to J.R. He's uh, one of a kind up here in Door County. And if you ever meet him, he's about as nice a guy as you're going to meet up here. So hopefully you run into him down at the Polar Plunge this Saturday. And thanks again for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.